Anyway, I want to get right into it. So we are in the, the Bible engagement uh, series called Lagos, right? That's called, uh, anybody know what Lagos means? The word. The word, yes, yes. Yes, uh, so we're in this big series called Lagos. We just wrapped up in the beginning. We looked all through the beginning of Genesis. Uh, we are actually still in Genesis, but we're starting with a new series. Uh, it's called God's Call, and I'm really excited about it because we're going to look at how we're going to look at how God called these amazing men into some really incredible things. And uh, I'm really excited about these next few weeks that we're going to do that. Uh, we got Friendsgiving in a couple of weeks. I'm really excited about that because I love food. But, um, yeah, come on now. Hey, um, I got a really weird question to kind of open up. Uh, um, does anybody have a dollar? A dollar. Anybody have, like, on them right now? You have one like on you? Yeah. Who, who does? Who has a dollar on them right now? <laughs> on card. No, I need like an actual cash dollar. Can I have a dollar, Shannon? Why? No reason. I just, can I have a dollar? Yeah? <laughs> I'm already going to take hers, I think. Wait a minute. You were just going to give me a dollar because I asked. That was it. Why? Because I, but I don't, but you don't know what I need the dollar for. <laughs> Dude. Okay, so, so why do I get a dollar then? That's it. That's it. That's all. Nah, hold on. You can hold on to it. And actually, I want to give you another dollar. So there you go. Thank you for that. Thank you. <laughs> Don't give my dollar away. Keep my dollar. Don't give your dollar away. It's not the point. Everybody's like, what's going on? Uh, okay. It, if I asked you... For a dollar and you had one, would you just give it to me just because like Shannon did? Aw, you guys are so nice. Thank you. Hey, so, but, hold on, hold on. But she ha hold on, shh. She has no idea what I need it for. She has, she has no idea what I could possibly need a dollar for, but she was still ready to do it. Probably because I'm like really, no, nah, I'm kidding. I'm not going to pump myself up or anything. But like you, you trust me enough to know that what I'm going to do with your dollar is, is good, right? You know that what I'm going to do with the dollar is going to be wise. And, and, it's, and it's probably because you know me and you know who I am and you trust in me, right? Yeah, a little bit. Like not, like obviously you trust in God more. I'm not saying that. But like you trust in, in me a little bit with that dollar. And you were ready to give me that dollar. But before she did, I could actually come through and bless her with another dollar. You guys are like, oh, that's weird. That's really weird. Why would, why would that 
happen. Sometimes obedience can be really, really weird, like me starting a sermon and, and asking for a dollar and then waiting and then asking if I could really, it was bizarre, wasn't it? Kind of a weird way to start off a message, huh? Asking for money is kind of weird. No? Okay. Maybe you guys, just, okay. But like, I don't know. Do you have a job? Okay. So maybe it's, so maybe you do. But how many people would give me a dollar even if you didn't have a job? Aw, thank you guys. You guys are awesome. That really, that makes me feel good. But like, here's the thing. Sometimes, sometimes it doesn't make sense. Or even when obedient, when somebody asks you for something, even when it doesn't make sense, or even when it's crazy, sometimes you can actually get a blessing because of it. And I want to open up in uh, Genesis chapter 22. If you have Bibles, you can turn there. And I know you guys are like, but I don't have my phone now. So, but it's up here, so it's fine. Next week, bring your Bibles, though, for real, because I want to see that. It's really cool. I love bringing a, a real Bible. If you don't have a Bible, please come, come to me after service, because we would love to be able to hook you up with a Bible. Um, but it is up here if you want to, to do that with me. Um, we're in Genesis chapter 22. That skips a little bit uh, of where we were last week talking about Noah. Um, this is uh, looking at a man named Abraham. You guys know Abraham? Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had Father Abraham. Okay, okay, we're not going to do the whole thing. Uh, no. Anyway. So Abraham was this guy who got this amazing blessing, and I'd like to just take a, a few minutes to look at how this blessing comes into effect, because it's a really, really cool story. Before you, if you don't know about Abraham, before we get started, Abraham was this guy who really trusted God no matter what the situation was. And God promised him that he was going to have a son, but it took like two decades, like as old as I am, to happen. I'm 24. It was about 24 years. It's about 24, it's about 24 years that God said, I want to give you a son with your wife. With your wife, I want to give you a son. And he goes through and he's waiting for God to do that, right? And God seems to be silent. So back in that time, you could have you could have uh, a wife, and then you could have uh, what they call concubines, which are kind of like second and third wives. It's weird. It's, it's weird. This is the context of the Old Testament. Just follow through because there's some weird stuff that we'll get into next week and the week after, I promise. But um, you could have these things called, uh, these, these, these possessions uh, of people, and they call them concubines. So what he did is... So what he did is he said, okay, well, if God's not going to give me a son with, with my wife, then I'll just go with my concubine, and maybe we can have a son, and it could still be the blessing of God. So that's what they did. Totally cool. He, so he has a son. In this, in this context, that's, that's where they were at. How many people are like, gross? That's, yeah, okay, I get it. I get it. Please just hold on, hold on with me. Exactly. So, so he has this, and God says, uh-uh, uh-uh, no, you did things the wrong way. His son. What? You guys have grandparents who are old? 
like 99 years old? Got a grand? Anybody got a grandparent who's 90 plus? Yeah? That's old. Now imagine them having a kid. Sometimes I get that. Hey, listen. So that's what happened. That's what happened. But what we're going to get into is in verse 20, or chapter 22, and this is what I want uh, to, I just had to get that context kind of there for you. So this is what it says. We're going to read um, through uh, chapter 22. You can look up here. It says this. It says, sometime later, this is right after all, all of the blessing and, and everything that's happening with Abraham. You just paying attention? Cool. Okay. Please pay attention. Don't have your own conversations. Come on now. Okay. So it says, sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Morah, sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. This is crazy. Guys, guys. This is crazy, isn't it? Bible's, Bible's nuts. You should read it, like, all the time because it's got some crazy stuff in it. Hold on. Here's the craziest part. Here's the craziest part. So God tells him that, and it says, Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey, and he took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set for the place God had told him. Guys, shh. Got to really pay attention or I'll start splitting people up. Okay. says, when he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set for the place that God had told him about. And on the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. So they traveled three whole days. And he said, he said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. It's kind of weird considering God just told him to sacrifice his son, right? That he says, we'll both come back to you. It says, whoop, just dropped my place here. It says, Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac. And Isaac himself carried the fire and the knife. And as the two of them went together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, father. He says, yes, my son, Abraham replied, and this is, this is kind of, if the Bible's not funny to you, you got to read it over a couple of times because this is hilarious. He says, the fire and wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham answered, God himself will, pro- will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. So I'm telling you, man, the Bible's super funny because he's sitting there with the wood. He's sitting there with all of the knives and everything to, to do it. And he goes, hey, dad. Um, kind of forgetting something here, <laughs> like, it's a little important, we have to do these sacrifices to God, because that's how we have relationship, but we don't have a sacrifice, what are you going to do, and Abraham, you guys ever had your parents answer with an, another thing that just seems weirder than the question you asked, yeah, because, because Abraham goes, ah, don't worry, the Lord will provide the lamb. He doesn't answer him. He doesn't say, oh, yeah, I forgot it in the back seat. Let's go back and get it. I forgot it here. Like, they didn't have back seats. They had donkeys. Like, so, like, forgot it here. Like, whatever. Shh. 
He didn't didn't do any of that. He just says, the Lord will provide. You guys laughed and thought it was hilarious or, or thought it was odd or thought it was crazy that God would ask for Abraham, who has shown his faith and shown his obedience and really proved himself to God, why God would say, hey, go sacrifice the son that I've given you as a blessing. Makes, makes no sense, right? But what's even weirder about it is, even though it says that God tested Abraham, Abraham decided, I'll do it anyway. It says, after he, 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 uh, the Lord told him to sacrifice his son, it just says the next day he got up and he started packing up to leave. He got his son and he got his servants and he was ready to go. It doesn't say anything of him questioning God. It doesn't say anything of him going, hey, are you sure that that's what you're asking me to do? Like, are you sure? You see, Abraham went through a test, and I want you to realize through what Abraham did in his immediate response that tests are tied to obedience. In the same way that Sharon, uh, Shannon, why did I say, I'm sorry, I'm I'm sorry. Shannon, in the same way that Shannon was just obedient despite, like, whatever I was doing, right, whatever I needed, right, like, she just, I'm really sorry about that. Like, despite that, she just gave it to me, right? She, she just decided, I'm going to do this. If that was her only dollar, I'm sure it would have been a lot harder for her to, to let that go. I'm sure it, it would have been. And it would have been if it was more money. If I had asked for $100, I'm sure that it would have been harder to give to me. But I want you guys to realize something. There are a bunch of things that are tied to obedience, and tests are always tied to obedience. You see, Abraham didn't mess up in his life when it came to trusting God. This test wasn't just this wasn't just the thing of, well, you messed up, so now I've got to test you to prove that you're really worthy. You see, Abraham was already obedient to God. He was already following after him and listening to his voice. Already he was doing this stuff. And God still tests him for it. God tested him by doing the very things that pagans were doing in child sacrifices. The guys who didn't follow after God, they would sacrifice children because you had to have a pure offering. So that's what they would do to their gods. They would do child sacrifices. Pretty crazy stuff. It's pretty insane. So imagine... This good God who you've been faithful to and you've been obedient to, and now he's asking you to do the very thing that the pagans do. That makes no sense. But it says the next verse that Abraham got up and he just did it. It's, I I, I, I said it earlier, but Isaac was the very blessing that God had given Abraham. So why would he ask for him to sacrifice him? It makes no sense. Abraham's trust is shown again in his diligence in how he travels. It says that he just got up, he packed up, and he went. And then at the end, when his son is freaking out because they don't have a lamb, he's like, hey, Dad, kind of, I know you're old, but, like, come on, let's do this thing. When, when he's freaking out, he's even kind of crazy and saying, like, oh, the Lord's going to provide. Don't worry about it. He knew what God had asked him to do, right? Like, 
told him to sacrifice his son. So him saying, like, oh, the Lord will provide, it's going to be okay. Like, I don't know if he knew that. It says he traveled for three days. Could you imagine somebody telling you to kill your son or kill your daughter, and you have to sit on it for three days while you travel? Good luck. I can't even have a conversation while I travel for three days. Like, I'm already just tired. I'm like, don't talk to me. I just want to go and be home or be at the hotel or wherever I'm going to be. Like, don't even talk to me. So imagine trying to think through all of that stuff. You guys like tests? No. no. Any, any, just a, like a general, just like a general test. Hey, sh- just, just like a, a standard, you know, test. You see, if a teacher, if a teacher gives you a, a, a test, does that automatically mean that, like, you're stupid? Hold on. I, I want you guys to answer this serious. When I ask questions like that, please, I, you can make jokes every now and then, especially when there's things like child sacrifices. Like, it's kind of weird. I get that. But, like, hey, for, for real, let, let's, let's be real about this. Do, do you think that your teachers, when they hand you a test and they expect you to finish it, that they are automatically saying, hey, by the way, you're, you're kind of dumb. Like, just. No. No, not, not at all. What they want to do is they want to see how far the teaching has gone for you. They want to see how, how much you can know, and a lot of times it's how much you can regurgitate, but that's a whole other issue. Like, but, but teachers test you to figure out what you know, to figure out how well you are progressing. It's not that they inherently go, you, you know, you really can't do this, but I'm going to give it to you anyway. And that's the kind of the same thing with Abraham. It wasn't that Abraham was messing up and God was punishing him through this test. It wasn't that, that, that God was like, I'm going to go out and get you, and that's what I'm going to do. No, no, no. Abraham was faithful. Abraham was obedient. And God said, I want to test you because I want to see how much I can do with you. You see, sometimes we're tested because of our obedience not in spite of it. We're tested because of what uh, God wants to do in us, not because we're messing up and he's getting us back. I want to keep reading here really quick. So just know it's tied, uh, testing is tied to obedience. I want to get back here. It says in, uh, in verse 9, so he just asked, you know, lamb, lamb's going to be provided. It says, when they reached the place God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. And he bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. And then he reached out his hand and he took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am. He replied, do not lay a hand on the boy, he said, do not do anything to him. I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. And Abraham looked up and there was a thicket. In the thicket, there was, he saw a ram caught by the horns. And he went over to the ram and he sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day, it, said, it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. 
It's pretty cool, isn't it? It's pretty cool that God would command him to do something really, really weird, and then he would follow it, and then he would come through with it. We'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, we have a few more verses to read, but there's another thing here that's tied to obedience, okay? It's called movement. Everybody say movement. Movement. Movement is tied to obedience. Abraham recognized that God would be responsible for bringing upon the substitute, Right? So he recognizes the fact in, in verse 8 where he says, the Lord's going to provide. Don't worry about it. Lord's, Lord will provide. He knew that God was up to something bigger. He knew that God was not going to be like the other pagan gods and ask him to do something as crazy as sacrifice his son. But if for some reason God was going to act really, really weird and ask him to do something really, really against his character... He knew it was from God, so he was going to do it anyway. He was ready to follow through with it. He was ready to step out and actually do the thing that God had commanded him to do, whether it made sense or not. Like I said, he traveled for three days. We have no clue what his mindset would have been. Probably not a good one, right? It's probably not good. Yeah. You see, the point here is Abraham loved God more than he loved his only son. And he was willing to sacrifice him for, for God because he asked him to. And there's this tension, there's this tension in how the characters are silent. God commands this stuff. God asks uh, Abraham to do all of this. And there's not a single bit of dialogue until, until he says, until he says, uh, sorry, losing my track. He, there's not a single ounce of dialogue until Isaac asks, hey, where's the sacrifice coming? It's that silent. Who's ever been in like a tense spot and you're scared to say the first word, but your parents or somebody else is also not saying anything? So it's kind of awkward, especially like if you live in the same house. It's like you're like, I'm just going to go get some cereal or Dr. Pepper or whatever. Okay, not going to say anything. I'm not saying anything either. I'm just going to move. <laughs> like it's kind of weird. But there's something that happens when we move on behalf of what God says because he recognizes it and he's going to provide for it. Guys, this is the same exact thing we talked about last week with Noah. Noah was told to build a big boat and take two of every kind of animal and put it in it, and then there was going to be a flood that destroyed the earth. And he was the only one who knew about it. It's kind of weird, isn't it? That's kind of a weird spot to be in. And instead, Noah just decided, okay, start, start building the boat. Like, he didn't ask about it. He didn't sit on it. He didn't wait on it. He just started doing it. I want you guys to realize something, and if you have notes, take notes of this because I was really proud of it. But check this out. Movement by us initiates movement by God. I'll say it again. Movement by us initiates movement by God. You see, if we can step out in faith and obedience and say, God, whatever it is that you want to do, I'll do it. No matter how crazy, no matter how weird, no matter how wacky, I don't care, I'll do it. Even if it goes against everything that I feel like I want to do, 
God will move and step out and provide and give blessing, and, and, and it's going to be amazing. Um, I asked to share a story uh, about my wife because she's awesome. Um, Macy, Macy's incredible. One of the first things um, when I was getting to know her, I was like, so like, tell me a little bit about yourself. She's like, well, like we're talking, and she's like, I like Disney, and I like cooking, and I like all, you know, the surface level stuff, like whatever. And then she's like, oh, yeah, by the way, I lived 11 months in the Philippines. And then I like did, I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Back it up. <laughs> you lived how long where? <laughs> she's like, yeah, I lived like 11, 11 months, like almost a year in, in the Philippines. And I lived, I'm like, oh, like, cool, like a mission trip for like off and on. She's like, no, like straight, 11 months. I'm like, oh, cool. That's dope. But then as I begin to unpack it, and over the, over the past couple of days, I asked her, like, hey, uh, what, what sparked that or what caused that? It's really a cool story about movement, movement by God. You see, um, I, I'm trying not to speak on behalf of her too, too much so she can yell at me if I'm missing anything here. Uh, <laughs> she's laughing, I guess. Get off your phone, too. Oh, I'm just kidding. I don't think you're on there. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm joking. God, you think I would really do that? No. To you, maybe, not to her. I'm going to get talked to now. I can feel it. Okay. So, check I know you're not on your phone. I just want to let you know. Anyway. Okay. So check it out. So, I was talking to Macy. I'm like, so, tell me about the Philippines. And she was like, I didn't want to go at first. And she said, I actually could have gone home anytime I wanted to. Is that right? You had like a return ticket anytime you wanted to come? Yeah. She could have gone home at any time in that 11 months. She could have done whatever she wanted to do. But what was cool is what God did inside of her because she went to the Philippines. She went out there and it changed her life because it, it first started off as a mission trip. And then it was an extended stay for 11 months. Then... She began to look at, this, at everything around her and say, I have to do something about it. So then that moved her to get a master's degree to help people, to, 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 to really understand world issues and world problems and how humans contribute to it. And she started studying that for two years. And then she gets her master's degree, which is amazing because she's smarter than me. Um, it was because of what she saw there. And then she comes back after the 11 months and she says, oh, wait, no, I can't just like only get a master's degree like that has something in, in it for me so you guys remember the coffee bar back in pre-covid yeah hopefully hopefully it can come back soon i hope so but like guys anything that you buy over there goes directly to the philippines right back to the very mission that she was helping out with for 11 months because she came back and said, I can't just, like, work. Or I can't just get a master's degree. I have to actually uh, 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 still support it financially. I have to still go through with it and, and do all that stuff. Despite the fact she had every opportunity to bail and do what she felt was right, she leaned into what God had called her to do. Pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. Guys, movement by us will initiate God to move. If you want God to move in your life, I would, ask for, I would ask you to move yourself. I think that is incredibly important. And then there's this other thing here. 
And I just want to paraphrase it. I don't want to actually go to it. So um, if you just want to uh, pull up this, this last thing. But at the end of it, at the end of it, God talks to Abraham. That, that it says that the second angel comes through and says, because, because of what you did, you will be the father of generations. That's, that's my version. That's, he says, because of what you did, I swear that because you have not withheld your because you have not withheld your only son, because you haven't done that, now I'm going to bless you with all the generations. That's where we get the Father Abraham song. He says, "I'm going to make sure that your offspring now went from this one Isaac to as many as there are in the stars." That's what he says. Guys, I want you guys to to realize blessings are tied to obedience. Blessing is tied to obedience. Because Abraham was willing to accept the loss of his offspring, God would bless him with offspring as numerous as the stars in the sky. After we go through tests, and when we act in movement, we can begin to experience God's blessings if we're faithful. You see, Abraham received the blessing of being the father of generations after him, ultimately leading to Christ. Because of his faithfulness, because of his obedience. Guys, whatever God is asking you to do, step out and do it. And don't look and, and rack your brain and go, what is going on? Like, why, why am I being tested? Because it might just be the very thing that's keeping you from, from the blessing of what God is wanting to do. Not all the time, but, but some of the times, those tests are there to see how worthy you are of the blessing that God wants to put in your hands. In closing, in closing, I want you guys to, to really grab onto this. Abraham was willing to sacrifice his only son to bring glory to the Father. Sound familiar? Yeah. In the New Testament, we see God the Father offer his one and only son, Jesus Christ, as the sacrifice for our sins so that we could have relationship with God and ultimately bring him glory. There's another cool piece to this, too, because in the same way that Abraham offered his only son, this promise that was 24 years in the making, we get a chance to offer our lives and say, God, whatever it is that you want, I will give it to you. And we get to experience what God can do when he takes it and when he, when he does something with it. Because have you guys ever heard the, 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 the saying, like, my life is not my own? There's a bunch of songs that say that. There's, right, like, Scripture says, that those who, who seek to find life will lose it, but those who lose their life will gain it in abundance. Yeah. That's the same thing. If you can have that sacrificial obedience and say, you know what, I'm cool. There's some similarities between us and Isaac that I want you to grab onto. But there's also some similarities between Abraham and God the Father. Sacrificing his son so that we could have life. So, I want you to, 
to understand these three things that are tied to obedience. And I want you guys to bow your heads and close your eyes. And I want you guys to to really understand and, and, and think and kind of kind of rack your brain on this thing of obedience. Are, are you living a life? Are you living a life that's obedient to, to what God is calling you to do? No matter how crazy, no matter how wild, no matter how whatever, are you living in an obedience that says, God, whatever it is that you want, I'm, I'm cool with. If you're not, I would encourage you in these few moments that we have in worship to really ask God to show you the ways that you can be more obedient to him. In the same way that Abraham was supposed to sacrifice his son, it's not an easy thing. Giving your heart over to the Lord is not an easy decision. It's easy to make, but it's not an easy thing to live out. It's easy to say, I want to follow God until he asks you to do something that sounds crazy or sounds impossible. So tonight, if you would say, I really struggle with being obedient to God. God is calling me to do so much, and I just don't even know if I can even do it or even want to. If that's you, would you please just raise your hand? Say, I know God is calling me to more. I know he is. I want to obey him. Thank you. Tonight, if you would say, Josh, I've never even really given my heart over to the Lord. I've never really even obeyed him on the most basic level of just saying, you're the Lord of my life. If you've never given your heart to the Lord, if you would like to do that tonight, I would encourage you to have a conversation with a youth leader, to have a conversation with a few of our student leaders. We'd love to be able to talk you through what that looks like, how to, to make that happen. I want to close in prayer, and then I would love for you to just really engage in worship tonight. Really seek out the Father and, and ask Him to show you the ways that you can be obedient to him. Father, we give you this, this time, we give you this, uh, this, the rest of our time together. Lord, and we ask you to just have your way here tonight. Lord, whatever it is that we are withholding from you or not wanting to engage with or whatever, Father, I pray that we would lay it at your feet. Lord, I, I ask that you would make us an obedient servant of you. That you would allow us to be able to see ways that we can hear your voice more and do incredible, incredible things. Father, I ask that each and every student would know in the similarities here of Abraham offering his one and only son, you did the same thing on the cross for our sins so that we could have a relationship with you. Father, any student that does not know that Jesus died for them, that Jesus loves them, that Jesus is alive and working and moving, I pray that they would know that tonight. I pray that you would embolden them to have conversations and to ask questions and to seek out information. And I pray that you would place students on our hearts as leaders and student leaders to 
go and pray and partner with these students. Father, we love you and we ask your blessing. We ask for you to, to meet us here in these next few moments. We are so excited to hear from you and hear what you have for us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So at this time, if you guys want to engage, please do. I would encourage you to do that. If not, please be respectful. Don't have your own conversations. Don't be poking at people, all that stuff. Because this is important. And, and this is really the time where you can reflect on that. So let's do that tonight.